I gotta tell you, uh, this is not my first crisis. Um, so, uh, as, as you know, I'm, I'm from Venezuela originally, and we have been through a few of those. Hello, and welcome back to The Low Season, a podcast about tour guides navigating a pandemic. I'm Wout Bernhard, a tour guide in Berlin. And for me, personally, this virus is the biggest crisis that I've faced so far. My guest today, Jonathan Lustgarten, has seen his fair share of unrest. In 1999, there was a huge flood in Venezuela that just didn't stop raining. It was right before the elections. Chavez was around. And that may be exactly the reason why he's optimistic about our future post-pandemic. And I, I think we can all see them as an opportunity to just reinvent yourself and open up to new realities. Jonathan believes tourism will come back, even in an altered form. And we talk about what things we need to do to keep ourselves from staying sane. It was a great pleasure to speak to and present to you now, Jonathan Lustgarten. I was thinking it's probably going to be a pretty pretty chilled chat. I don't know. I feel like you're a pretty chilled person. So are you. So this this, this the number to relax, number forty six. Maybe this is the episode where people are going to fall asleep. Yeah. All right. Well, I think a lot of people are having a hard time uh, sleeping well. So let's help them out. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, Mr. Vouter. Do you um, how 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 are you, how have you been holding up? How what, what's your life look like? We haven't spoken uh, in a while, so we have not spoken in a while. So it's great to hear your voice. Um, I've been doing pretty good, to be honest. That's not what our listeners want to hear, man. Well, um, I mean, there's a crisis. Uh, I think we all know about it, uh, but the sun is shining, and. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, this is not my first crisis. Um, so, uh, as, as you know, I'm, I'm from Venezuela originally, and we have been through a few of those. So mm. this one's looking a little bit differently. There's a virus out there, but I do remember a couple of, of crises where um, things stopped, full stop for three months in the country, and you just had to adapt to a new reality. Can you talk a little bit about how that how that was, how you experienced that, and what you're talking about specifically? Sure. So um, there were a couple of them. 1999, there was a huge flood in Venezuela that just didn't stop raining. It was right before the elections. Chavez was around. Um, and then the water started just uh, going down the mountains and um, taking with it everything that it could find. Um, about 150,000 people lost their lives. And um, suddenly the country came to a sort of standstill, it was a mess. Um, and then a couple of years later, three years later, 2002, there was a big strike. It started as an oil strike and it uh, evolved into a massive uh, political showdown. There was a general strike. Um, and again, the whole country stopped. So every day was just going to the streets, demonstrating, um, the military fighting back, and uh, it just became a new reality. Suddenly what you would do is, uh, you know, you wake up, maybe have some coffee if you had any left, and then you would try to find gas for your car. So you would stand in line for one, two, three hours um, at the at the gas station uh, and then chat to other people, go back home, demonstrate, check out the news. And in the evening, um, there was a sort of tradition where you would just take whatever pot you had, cooking pot, and you took a, a wooden spoon and you started bashing the pots outside. And that was a way of protesting from, from home. Wow. Um, three months nonstop led to a new financial crisis, uh, 
the government introduced an exchange control. So you, you had no access to dollars. You couldn't just, uh, you know, try to exchange your money if you had any um, to to survive because the inflation was growing. And that was uh, the new start of a reality in Venezuela that just went downhill from there. It's like the Titanic, except this one manages to keep sinking <laughs> to the bottom of the earth. At, at some point you, um, I mean, you left obviously at some point, uh, you went to start your own life, work for other companies and stuff, but, but you, your parents were still there up until a certain point. Yeah. Uh, actually, my uncles are still there, um, so they are also going through this, uh, this uh, crisis in Venezuela right now. And that's why I say I'm doing pretty good. Um, not because things are super chill and uh, outside uh, in the world right now. This is unprecedented for all of us. But um, in my experience with every crisis, you, you're even if that sounds a little bit corny, you're sort of uh, reborn. You know, you have a chance to think about your life, uh, what's working, what's not working, and um, take a break from the everyday life and think, okay, what do I want to change? What do I want to do differently? And uh, how can I make this work? Well, you, you've been in the city for quite a long time, 10, 11 years now. And I remember when I started tour guiding, um, we're talking about like May, May of 2015. I remember shadowing one of your tours. You'd been right. a tour guide for about a year or two at that yeah. point. And also starting sort of your life anew. Um, can, can you tell me maybe a bit about why you became a tour guide and, and what you have sort of learned from being a guide over the past seven years? Sure. Um, basically, I was broke. That's how the, the history, the story started. Um, I had finished my master's uh, in, in Berlin in media studies. I had just, uh, I, I had come back from New York a, a few months earlier. I was doing my research on Occupy Wall Street. And it was about, you know, how you create a discourse of protest and um, how there's this sort of interaction with the media. It was an incredible experience. I was involved with the people that did the sort of duct tape that had Occupy on it, um, came back, was kind of broke, wrote my thesis, uh, turned out really well, was super happy. And then I had a few months off. Which I took again as a, as a, it was not a, an overall crisis, and, and things were doing pretty good and or going pretty well for Berlin. But uh, for me, it was a big change. So I took the time off, um, and then I was pretty broke. And so I started that. That sort of forced me in a way. I wouldn't call it an internal crisis, but it was a sort of wake up call of. Okay, what are you going to do now? Because you have your music project, but uh, you know how are you going to make a living, and how are you going to enjoy? doing that. And um, it all came back to what I love to do and my passion. And my passion was and is Berlin. You know, I, I loved and I loved the city. I was fascinated by it. And I remember that I had given a few people sort of improvised tours, just showing them around. You know, I love to explore the new bar, um, try this beer there, try this uh, local dish there, have this little kebab, walk around, take a look at the architecture. Um, and so the the idea popped up. Uh, one day I was pretty frustrated because my original plan was uh, to work in the, in the one of my favorite kneipes or bars in my street. 
and I talked to those folks because I go there regularly. Um, but the owner was sick. The whole thing started getting delayed. And eventually, uh, two in the morning one day, I said, okay, screw this. Um, I'm going to start over and I'm going to do this with tour guiding. So I sent an email to two of the leading uh, agencies in Berlin. Super honest email. I, tell them what, I told them what was going on. Um, and then that led to an interview to shadowing a few tours. And six years later, I'm here still being a tour guide. Still being a tour guide at this moment, um, there's not much tour guiding to be had or to be done. Um, you have, I figure, I feel already sort of taken a step back here and there, maybe taken a small hiatus, also coming back from that. Right. Maybe I, I feel like last year you felt, I don't know exactly what it was, it's something with your voice also, but also trying to focus on maybe more of your musical career. and and. Yeah, can you tell me a little bit about that sort of on and off and then you're going back and forward between being a tour guide and, and also not? Absolutely. Um, I think when you decide to become a tour guide over the years, there's this question of, is, is this it, you know, and how can I develop myself further as a tour guide? And I, and I hit a sort of wall. Um, turned out it's not such a good idea to be a singer and a tour guide at the same time. Um, originally, I thought, you know, you could uh, you could uh, practice singing and by being a tour guide with an audience, um, then that would train your voice perfectly. Turns out uh, that wasn't quite the case. And I got sick a couple of times with some pretty bad uh, tonsillitis uh, and I had to make a stop uh, for health reasons for my voice and I thought okay how can I, how can I make this work you know over the years as a tour guide uh, I'm sure it ha most tour guides can relate to that there's so much repetition going on that either willingly or not you are you are invited or forced to reinvent invent yourself as a tour guide and that's when I took a break long break to focus on music and eventually I found a different way to step back in. My, my throat was, was in a sort of uh, healthier level. Um, I took good care of it. And um, I started focusing on different types of tours, uh, not just history, but also sustainability, doing maybe shorter tours. And that opened up a whole new world of finding my sort of niche and my sort of passion for tour guiding and beyond the details of what I did. Um, I think when we're working as tour guides uh, over the years, sometimes we, or at least I, forgot or could forget what is the role of a tour guide. You know, you repeat the history of Berlin, you do it in a passionate way, you love it, but in the end it all comes down to you are a guy, you're a person, a man, a woman in the city, that has been there for a while, that loves the city, interacts with it a lot. And people that come visit the city, they want to hear your story or they want to see the city through your eyes. And it's all about just really experiencing that city. So right now, of course, there are no tours around. We are all in a, in a, in a sort of uh, unexpected commercial break, so to speak. But tourism is not going to stop and uh, people are not going to stop traveling and uh, we will survive this pandemic. So I think right now it's just about uh, some key things. Uh, the first one for me is you got to stay positive. You know, you, you, you got to believe that things are going to be all right and, and they will be. 
And the second one is you have to be open and you have to stay flexible because things change. And if you change with them, then you're going to be able to continue doing that profession. Um, and so for, for me as a tour guide now, I think the idea of going somewhere and looking at a city through someone's eyes, someone that you enjoy listening to, and them telling you the, the story of the city, the history, and their story, and making a sort of connection that will continue to be interesting for people and that will continue to be a fascinating experience. Um, I think we just as story guides have to stay open and understand that we have to adapt. Things might be a little bit different. Um, and we can go into all sort of details of what a tour will look like in the future. Um, but uh, things are going to work out, I think. <laughs> Well, I, I really enjoy your optimism and your positive outlook. And I, I mean, probably it, it has also something to do with the fact that you mentioned you, you went already to crises and, and sort of have an, had an experience of sort of how to keep probably a positive mindset. Um, also, in many ways, things are not that bad. You know, we can still do a lot of things, still go outside. We can sort of rely on some sort of help of the government here and there. We still have contact with our friends. Um, there's lots of things to to sort of be positive about. I think for, for many people, they are, um, yeah, trying to, as you say, maybe um, reinvent themselves a little bit, but I'm, I'm not sure many people are sort of ready or were, are, are now confronted by this thing that they have to reinvent themselves. And that might be difficult. I mean, you're, you're talking about flexibility and you are a very flexible person. You, you had already had many different careers and lives so far and continue to develop them. But if you were not ready for reinvention and, and flexibility, that, that, that can be hard, you know? And that's, I think, what many people are struggling with right now. Absolutely. And um, it, that's not an exception for me either. I think we are, we're definitely struggling and this caught us by surprise. Uh, we're getting ready for another um, exciting season in Berlin with great numbers in terms of tourism. Um, and I, I think you mentioned a key word uh, that people are uh, confronted by this. And I think whenever you're confronted, you are kind of forced to do things that don't necessarily feel natural, you know. Um, so if you've been a tour guide for many years, five, six, eight, ten years, and you are used to giving a tour in a certain way and telling a certain story, then I do think um, there might be some homework involved in uh, taking a step back, sitting down and thinking, okay, what kind of tour do I do? What do I say how do I do it and it's not an easy task but I can tell you I think it's a pretty rewarding one because that way you stay open so for example if you talk about how a tour can look in the future um, if you think about a person that has been in confinement for three six months and suddenly they come to Berlin and they they join their first tour for six months then they will be excited to know about the history of Berlin, the history of the Brandenburg Gate, um, how the Holocaust Memorial come into being, what's the relationship with the Berlin Wall. Um, but they also really want to know what's life in Berlin like now, you know? Um, how did you guys survive the crisis? After all, as a tour guide, you are sort of 
representing uh, the city. You are the middle point to, let's call it the outside world, being, you know, people that uh, visit the city. So even if we can all be scared as tour guides, um, I think we just need to be a little bit patient uh, in terms of how um, the engines will slowly go back on in the next uh, few months to come. And during that time, just take a moment to think about our tours and think what we want to communicate and how we want to do it. And there are some pretty funny details as well in that process. If you think about um, uh, the tour of the future, uh, if people will have to be one and a half meters apart from each other, well, how's that group going to look like, right? Um, if we take a break, maybe we're not going to take a break to grab a bite, but to wash our hands. So maybe we'll we'll have to sing happy birthday while we are have washing our hands to make sure you get to the 22nd mark. Or, you know, if you're used to offering your, 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 your guests a pretty big smile and talking loud and, and clear, well, if you have a mask on, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. So that's the kind of stuff that we have to think about that is pretty unexpected. How, 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 is, uh, how is Jonathan Luskarvin himself uh, getting through these uh, these weeks of uh, no tour guiding? Um, you mean in terms of, of, of my everyday life? Yeah, what do you do? That's a good question. Um... <laughs> you've got you've got lots of great advice. Just want to know also <laughs> what you're up to. You know what is what is what is the yeah the the, the onset of Johnny's life look like. So I think um, the 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 secret here is to just understand this is the new normal, right? This is normal life now. And in normal life, you enjoy your your awesome coffee in the morning or a cup of tea. Um, or Irish coffee, depending on what you prefer. Um, and um, I've been focusing a lot on music. I continue to uh, work on my stuff, um, doing some freaky um, uh, production for the songs that we used to have and reinventing them in sort of uh, nine-minute electronic music musical trips for when we start playing live. So that's, that's, a, that's a pretty fun thing to do. Um, I decided all of a sudden to start learning the piano. Uh, should have done that 20 years ago but I'm doing it now so that's uh, that's like a little let's say going back to school going back to university and doing an extra semester in piano and then there are the little things that I think really really matter and make life fun so it's a mixture of your old routines your new projects that thing that you, you could never do, you know, there are so many free online resources. For example, you can learn a, a new language for free online um, and you can even take it to the, to, to the, to the next step. Um, one of the things that I'm seeing that is very exciting about Berlin um, is this uh, collaboration going on between different uh, associations and, uh, and artists. So there was this thing a few days ago where I think it was called uh, Kunst auf dem Balkon. So art on, on the balcony was a thing in Friedrichshain where artists showed their art from the balconies. That way, you know, there's no risk going on and you can still walk around the street and take a look at the art. Pretty cool thing. Um, then you have United We Stream with the clubs uh, going online and uh, continuing to contribute to the electronic music life. Um, so you can see, you have clear evidence that life goes on. And that's what I'm saying. I completely welcome the new normal, as dramatic as it can be. Interesting things will come out of this, and there's no doubt 
that these are difficult times, but I also see them as, and I, I think we can all see them as an opportunity to just reinvent yourself and open up to new realities. Jonathan Luzgarten speaking to us from his post-pandemic utopia. I remember getting off the phone with John and feeling really, really relaxed. I mean, here is somebody that truly wants to make the best out of the moment. He wants to embrace this crisis, as difficult as it may be, as a moment of reflection and to think about where we want to be in our lives. And I think whenever you're confronted, you are kind of forced to do things that don't necessarily feel natural. Change is hard, especially when everything is going just fine. I mean, few of us actively pondered a complete change in lifestyle, but now that the virus has crippled the tourism industry, we're all of a sudden confronted with ourselves. Who am I, if not a tour guide in Berlin? Or what value do I contribute, if not for guiding and sharing knowledge? I think that these are the questions that will continue to bug me for a while to come. Listeners of the low season, I really hope you're enjoying all of these conversations. There's many, many more voices to come. In the meantime, I need your help. I'm looking for perspectives and voices from guides that are living in other places in the world. So if you know of great guides in, for example, Paris, London, Madrid, New York City, St. Petersburg, Rome, Melbourne, Tokyo, any other place you might have visited, shoot me a message at thelowseasonpodcast at gmail.com. I'd much appreciate any leads you have on stories that we're not hearing at the moment. The Low Season is produced by me, Wouter Bernhardt. Music is by Mark Schilders. Artwork is by Sergio Membrias, Giorgio Riungus, providing the light to my lime. Tomorrow, we're back to speak with Mohammed and his Refugee Voices Tours. But for me, it was more therapeutic. It helped me to process certain things that I went through. Speak soon, my friends. If you think about um, uh, the tour of the future, uh, if people will have to be one and a half meters apart from each other, well, how's that group going to look like, right? Um, if we take a break, maybe we're not going to take a break to grab a bite, but to wash our hands. So maybe we'll, we'll have to sing happy birthday while we are have washing our hands to make sure you get to the 22nd mark. Or... You know, if you're used to offering your, 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 your guests a pretty big smile and talking loud and, and clear, well, if you have a mask on, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. So that's the kind of stuff that we have to think about that is pretty unexpected.